Hi, everyone. Welcome to HR Works, brought to you by BLR. I'm your host, Steve Bruce. HR Works provides clear, relevant, actionable information on topics that matter to HR professionals. When you're armed with best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional value to your organization, HR works. Every HR manager faces this situation. You have a great employee, one the organization wants to keep, but the person is in the wrong job. Perhaps the person isn't performing well, or maybe it's time for the person to move up or over to another position. Today's guest, Scott Ragusa, president of Winter Wyman Contract Staffing, calls this right bus, wrong seat, and his company has had good success dealing with these situations. Scott oversees the strategic direction and daily operations of Winter Wyman's technology, accounting, finance, and administrative and human resources divisions. Scott joined the firm in 1999 after more than five years with two national temporary staffing firms. He has a Bachelor of Science degree from Merrimack College in North Andover, Massachusetts, and is a former member of the Board of Directors of the Massachusetts Staffing Association. Winter Wyman is one of the Northeast's most recognized talent acquisition firms. For more than 40 years, it has helped thousands of companies, from Fortune 500 powerhouses to cutting-edge startups, to identify, attract, and recruit talented professionals. Scott, welcome to HR Works. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. So let's begin with this concept of right bus, wrong seat. How has that been implemented at Winter Wyman? So a number of years ago, uh, our founder, Dave Melville, asked our leadership team to read Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. Uh, Dave was so impressed with Collins' approach to business, he felt we could learn by discussing the book as a team. And one of the things that jumped out at me was this concept of getting the right people on the bus. And some people get on the right bus but pick the wrong seat. Previous to that, we we did a good job of transferring people when it was very clear, when it was a a professional opportunity or promotional opportunity. But up to that point, we didn't have a lot of transfers internally. And so if we... um continue with this bus analogy, who drives the bus? It really is everyone, but it starts at the highest level and includes all levels of leadership. In a meeting that everyone goes to in their first month, our CEO, Bob Boudreau, and EVP of Employee Engagement, Michelle Rocha, talk about this exact topic with all new hires. So what um, specific actions do you take at Winter Wyman to encourage this approach? We look for opportunities to publicize internal openings and encourage staff to think about roles that are not directly in front of them. We also talk about internal transfers whenever we can, in internal memos, at company meetings, in staff meetings. Wherever we're talking about opportunities, we're highlighting other parts of the organization. And if someone does take an internal transfer, we communicate that change in the same manner we would an internal promotion. We send out emails, announce it at quarterly meetings, We want it to be a big deal because we want to shine a light on it. So this is sounding uh, very interesting. Now, as you mentioned, many of your successes 
have involved employees making lateral moves. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. And I think this is where the rubber meets the road. I think in most organizations, upward mobility is pretty clear, even if the upward mobility means changing seats in a different organization. I think it's the lateral moves that really need to get a lot more attention for this to be successful. I'm going to talk about some examples in a minute, but I think one of the things that we look for is folks that are good at what they do, but they might be a little stagnant or might need a change. All right. I'm wondering um, if you apply the same kind of thinking when it comes to candidate placements for clients. We do. In fact, one of the things we do as a matter of practice is we're constantly checking in with our clients to see how our contractors are doing while on assignment. If we know of another opportunity in, the, in that company, we certainly mention that to the client, whether it be the original hiring manager or the client that has a new opening. This often happens after the fact. Someone works for a three-month assignment, they do a good job. Two months after that, that same client gives us an opportunity that is similar but not identical to the last opportunity. The first thing we do is to check with the client to see if they consider bringing back someone they've already had before and seeing if that person might be of interest. When it does happen, it's win-win. The individuals come in having immediate impact. They're not learning the ropes quite as much as a new person would. It really is very successful. Yeah, if they know the person ahead of time and they hit the ground running, no surprises. Exactly. So, Scott, could you, I know you can't reveal any names, share some short examples of employees making moves, maybe some where uh, the employee wasn't performing well in the first job, and some where uh, high-performing employees made lateral moves? Sure. And we certainly have more than a dozen examples of this, but I'll I'll keep them brief. Uh, We have someone, I'll call her Sally, to give her a name. She joined us about nine years ago in a traditional administrative role, typing resumes, running reports. After about five years in that role, she approached us about an opening in a sales support role. After about a year in that role, she asked about an opening in our accounting team. Although she excelled her first two roles with us, this new role just wasn't the right fit. We recognized this, and we approached her about a new opportunity in our employee engagement team. So before the job even was posted, we knew we wanted to keep her on board And we knew the new role wasn't the perfect fit for her. So she's had four jobs in her nine years with us in four distinct areas. Since joining the employee engagement team, she's excelled once again. She's moved into a supervisory role. And there's no doubt that her experience in the other divisions has helped her every day in that role. Congratulations to her. Yes, Um, she's earned it. And what about a high-performing employee making a lateral move? Sure. So this happens on a somewhat regular basis where people, what often can happen is they might move up into a part of the organization that might be one step too high for them from a leadership standpoint, kind of the, kind of the Peter principle. And one example I have is someone that had worked in one of the divisions, had been very successful, but the reality is that was a smaller division and wouldn't have as much opportunity for this person moving forward. So we approached him earlier this year and suggested he consider a move into a new division, which would allow for more opportunity for growth for him as well as the company. Uh, He and I met last week. Uh, So far, so good. It's been a great match. He's feeling challenged anew, which is one of the key elements of these moves. 
keeping someone fresh and challenged. And he also sees the opportunity as, as we did. Steve, another example just happened last month, actually. I was in a training session with some newer folks. At the end of the session, uh, one of the, one of our newer folks grabbed me and said, do you have a few minutes? And I could tell something was on her mind. I, I could tell that she was anxious. Uh, she wasn't sure how to approach it. So I just prompted her, you know, tell me what's on your mind. And what she said to me was that she really liked the team she was on. She really liked the work she was doing, but she had a really strong interest in technology. And so we place people in technology. We also place people in non-technology roles. So she asked me if she could talk about at length an opportunity to maybe join the other team. But the entire time, she was very concerned about what her current management team would think. She didn't want them to look bad or to feel bad about the effort they put into her because she really felt connected to them. I, I assured her that this wasn't a problem, that this, is a, that this was something that we try to do. And I asked her why she felt comfortable approaching me. The week prior, we had our quarterly sales meeting. And I had mentioned, as I often do, right seat on the bus. And it's something that, that caught her attention and got her really thinking about what she really wanted to do. So the process from there rolled out. I met with the divisional manager of the division she might join, as well as the one she might leave. We agreed to have those conversations first and not expose it to other people at this time to make sure it was something she really wanted to do. After a few conversations, it became clear that she would be a great addition to the technology team. And after follow up more conversations after that, as of about three weeks ago, she joined that team. In addition to that example, in the past month, we've had two other examples of people that have decided to change positions within Winter Wyman, changing divisions. One was someone that was working as a recruiter in one of our divisions and was having a challenge. Wasn't really getting it to the level she wanted to, so much so that she thought she might leave. Someone internally recognized that she was very loyal, hardworking, and that she might be a fit for an administrative role that we had which would be supporting the very team she had worked in. After several conversations, we all agreed it'd be a great chance and an opportunity for her to try that role, and she's now in the second week of starting that role. Just last week, someone in one of my teams, who was in a sales capacity, came to us and asked if we consider putting him in a role as a researcher in our executive search division. He really liked helping clients, but did not like the hunting element of the sales role. So again, through several conversations, we were able to make that transition happen. So not only did we keep three good people in the last couple of months, but we filled three key roles that we've been looking for people for. All right. These are great uh, examples. Um, now, you must also have some situations, though, where an employee has asked about other, other opportunities, but then ultimately decides not to pursue that opportunity. Does that cause problems for you or for the employee? We really work hard so it doesn't. One of the things that we've done is we've created a culture where it's okay, it's even encouraged to have a conversation about different opportunities. That can often be uncomfortable if you're talking to your direct manager or even that person's manager. People can be concerned about loyalty and, you know, quite frankly, their own division and their own business. So one of the things that we encourage is our staff to reach the highest level they can and stay within kind of that world. So many of these conversations happen at my desk, uh, the CEO's desk, uh, maybe the EVP of employee engagement, 
but it very rarely starts with someone talking to the manager. That's an uncomfortable conversation, and most people are, have a real challenge having that conversation. By doing that, you create a confidentiality. I've had many conversations with people that never never went past that conversation. Once we talked it out, they realized the challenges they were having with their current role wouldn't be any different in a different role. They just needed to refocus or take a different approach, and they're still here many years later. In other cases, we had have conversations, and they recognized that the development opportunities they had in their current role were really right in front of them. They just couldn't quite see them. So it created a really strong dialogue. What we don't do is involve 20 people after the first conversation. We try and keep it as tight a group as possible and only involve people when they need to be involved. That way, if this person decides to pull back, it's it's not gossip, gossip on the floor and there aren't 35 people that know about it. So that's a good way to handle it. And all of this goes back to what you said at the beginning about uh, starting at the top. People can go right to the top for these conversations. So what advice would you give employees and employers uh, when it comes to fostering this kind of program in, in that employer's culture? What specific steps should they take or, or what pitfalls uh, should they watch out for? Sure. I think as, a, as an employer, the first thing you have to decide is if you want this to happen. In some cases, you might not want that kind of movement in your organization. I'd be surprised, but some companies don't work well under that environment. So make a decision as an executive team that you do want to encourage people to transfer when it's appropriate. And once you do do that, do everything you can to make it public. As I mentioned, there's many different occasions. There's quarterly meetings. There's their internal memos. the staff meetings. There's a lot of opportunity to do that. The second piece is create a safe place whether it be in an executive's office, whether it be in a, in a place where they can talk to someone in human resources or employee engagement, where there aren't prying eyes and people wondering what's happening. The third thing is it has to permeate throughout the organization. So one of the challenges that can happen with this is that the direct manager can take this personal. Someone they've trained, developed, spent quite a bit of time with has now decided that that job isn't the right job for them. In a competitive environment, sometimes that manager might slant them the wrong way just because they think they know what's best for them. Well-intentioned as it might be, we often involve their direct manager at the end, not at the beginning, because we want to make sure that person is protected. So that's a thoughtful uh, approach, and this is all very helpful. Now, um, I want to go a little off topic, if I can. I noticed that Winter Wyman has earned some best places to work honors. Could you share uh, some of the elements of your culture that have helped you gain that status? Sure. Uh, you know, I, I think as I think about culture, I think about a culture of support. One of the things that we do is that when we design the training program, a development program for anyone joining the company, it is not just developed by the training team or even one or two people that they work for. Within the first week, they're having meetings with dozens of people that they work with closely and even a little further apart so they can get to understand the company and the commitment that we all make. By doing that, it creates kind of a culture of it takes a village and everyone's committed to that person's success. They develop relationships very quickly and it's it's kind of a pay-it-forward type program because everyone who's done that 
has gone through that same program. The second piece we've done is all levels of management are accessible and involved. Whether it's community development, whether it be something fun in the office, we try and make sure that there, there isn't a hierarchy set up. And the last thing I would say is, you know, we work in a very demanding business. Clients and candidates are under pressure. Finding people jobs can be very exciting and very worthwhile, but it can also be stressful. So we look for ways to support each other in ways big and small, and that goes a long way. Well, it's uh, pretty easy, I think, for listeners to see why uh, you've earned these best places to work honors. So, Scott, thanks so much for joining us today and providing these very helpful insights. It was my pleasure, Steve. Thank you. Listeners, let me know what HR work should cover next. Bruce at blr.com. Thanks for listening. This is Steve Bruce for HR Works.